Oh, let's go. It's a plank show on a Monday. So I- I'm curious, Josh Helmer. Good morning. Good to see your smiling face. Makes me much happier. Boy, it's a massive new clock we have in studio. It's almost like you can't miss it now. Well done, whoever put that in here. That is the plank show clock. Is that the bro? You need to break by this point or you've ruined the entire hour. Is that what this is? That's one step to pretty soon at like 1330 and 45, (laughs) there'll be a siren off that clock. Brian Vineyard will be like, dude, dude, go to freaking break. Okay, so what's going on? See all these little conversations in the hall? Everything good? Oh, yeah, everything's good. Just uh, talking uh, a little U.S. Open and, and you name it. Were you in on the U.S. Open oh, all yeah. weekend? Oh, yeah. I was watching. Cat. I was highly disappointed with how yesterday turned out. I was, too. But I was all in. So, Saturday night into Sunday, I did a show. Because Colorado is so freaking expensive. My gosh, people. What are we doing? Like, I'd like... Uh, my daughter only eats Chick-fil-A, so in the midst of all these incredible restaurants, you still have to stop at Chick-fil-A. And you're like, I'd like the... Uh, the six-count kids meal. All right, sir, that'll be $15. What? What are we? Colorado, chill out. Anyway, uh, so I was working a show on Saturday and Sunday, and I bring it up only because if you were listening, you're like, wait, what? I was so out on the U.S. Open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Don't know why. There wasn't, like, purposefully where I'm like, I ain't watching the Open. Get them on late in the evening. But uh, Thursday – was our final full day in Colorado. Friday was travel, so I was traveling. And then by Saturday when I got home, I was kind of, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but we've had a series of pretty crazy storms around here over the last week. It was, oh, so this tree is damaged. Oh, so that limb is down. Oh, so this is blown over here. So so Saturday was a recovery day. Josh, I, I would check the scores, and that was about it. But then Sunday came around, and the tea times like literally worked out perfectly. What did we start? Like at 1 o'clock in the afternoon? Like you're not having to wake up at 5 a.m. to watch it. It was great. Well, and, and the leaders going off, what, about 4.30? 4.30, right. It's great. It was even better the day before when they went off at 5.30. Oh, did the they leaders. really? I didn't care about all the fights. of Because literally the only thing I would see on Twitter, because I did stay off social media kind of. I mean, Jordy Ball transferring kind of imploded some of that. We'll get to that in a bit. But um, I was just seeing nothing but complaining. Oh, did you see what the country club members did? They bought up all the tickets so the general public couldn't go. Yeah, good call on their part. I don't blame them at all. Stay off my course. The U.S. Open is here and takes over the course for a year. I don't need you simpletons, L.A., trudging through my course and getting it all messy. I was cracking up about that. There's too many birdies out here. Too many. Get out. Um, Paul Lazinger apparently sucks was another thing I kept seeing all over social media. The coverage sucked, which I kept seeing all over social media. Too many commercials. Too many commercials. And then I watched. I'm not a kid, dude. I, did they have a commercial on the back nine? <laughs> they, it, was, it was pretty crazy how long they went commercial free. They went commercial free for the final hour it was or so awesome. of coverage. So, now, granted, they made up for it in oh, the, did they? three days prior. Was and, it bad? Oh, dude, it was horrible. But, yeah, I I found myself all in yesterday. And all this vitriol and this disdain and, I mean, I I don't know how, 
I know there's golf purists out there that will get mad, kind of like I guess every sport has. There's NASCAR purists that are mad that not everything is a short track, and there's baseball purists that are like, this pitch clock, I need my four-hour game back, right? Every sport has it. But for everything that everyone was complaining about, I I thought it was pretty cool coverage. You had McElroy, Fowler right there. You had Scheffler. I mean – and, fun. and it was tough to go get birdies the final two days. It looked like U.S. Open. I mean, Wyndham Clark won the thing because he, he hung on, right? Yeah. Scrambling for pars. It was it was well. Well, it's good to be back. It's good to have a lot of topics to get to. Yeah, how was uh, Colorado? Expensive. It was very expensive, What Josh. all did you guys do? We ate a lot, so I've got a lot of work to do on the fitness side of things over this next week. We We did all the things that noobs that go to a mountainous area do. We rode a tram up to the top of Pikes Peak. Nice. When we got up there, it was like, what was the freezing cold place where Luke Skywalker almost died? Hoth? Hoth. It was like Hoth. We got up to the top, and you're going up, and it's this gorgeous, beautiful day, and you've got, you've got this tour guy that's telling you, and over here on the left, you can see down there. And, of course, she's got all these cheesy jokes that go in there, too. So, you know, it's, I love the dad jokes. It's a real experience. Though, I will say there was one moment where they were telling us that at this point on the tram going up to Pikes Peak, this was where um, America the Beautiful was con- – I use conceived, and that sounds out of context, but you know what I mean. That's where it was written. Right. That's where the author, the composer, drew their inspiration for the song. And so I'm going, oh, this is beautiful. And then all of a sudden I hear it go, would you like for me to sing it for you? And I was like, anytime a flight attendant or a tour guide offers – to sing something, it's usually my checkout moment. But I'm on a tram going up to 17,000 feet. I can't do anything, Josh. There's no checking I'm out. I'm stuck. And everyone in the tram goes, yeah. And I'm like, no. Boo. But it was good. So we get up to the top, and I'm so excited because I'm like, oh, man, I've got the can take pictures, binoculars. We'll have that picture. That'll be my Facebook profile pic. Probably yeah. be at my funeral where I'm standing up on Pikes Peak and I got my arm around my girls. My wife's there. And and we get up there and it's like we went to Antarctica or any other frozen destination you could imagine. They had a freaking blizzard that hit while we were up there. Nice. It was awesome. <laughs> but then from a picture's perspective, it was terrible. And then you go down about, you know, five minutes on the tram, and it's perfect weather again, too. It just mind-blowing. Rained the whole time we were there, which was cool. I mean, I'm, I'm not even kidding, cool. The weather was great. I mean, it's – did I see right? We're going to have ridiculous heat indexes today, so I'm going to miss that Colorado weather. But it was fun, man. So where did, uh, where did you guys stay at? We stayed – I keep saying Colorado Springs because it was Colorado Springs, but it was Man- Mani- Manitou Springs? I think okay, is what cool. it was. How did, basically, what we do on vacation, Josh, is I get yelled at for being on my phone, number one. That that happens a lot. <laughs> that sounds like my home life. Yeah, exactly. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm not going to look at you on your phone the whole time. I'm like, Pete, the 20 ball stuff just went down, and I got to see all these hot takes. And just give you, me a second. You could sports later. Right, right. Babe, the SEC schedule got released. It's like, no. You can sports, sports later. later. Listen, you're with your family now. I'm like, I but, and that's why I want to look why, at the sports. But, so that's number And number two is we basically just buy souvenirs. It's like we go to another destination to buy things from that destination. And I've never understood it. It's like we go to this place called Royal Gorge. 
Gorgeous. A complete and total waste of your money. They charge you $35 to walk in and walk across a stupid bridge. I mean, literally, that's all it is. You can ride a tram across it, but if you want to do the zip line, it's like $30 more, Josh. It is the greatest waste of money I've ever seen in my life to walk across a bridge and look at a hole. That's what you're just like, oh, cool, there's there's a creek down there. It's, this is what we paid 35 to walk across this that's bridge? That's the gorge. That's the gorge. There it is. What else <laughs> is there to this place? That's it? Cool. Pikes Peak, was it the coolest part? In terms of touristy things, I, I think I think because all of it was touristy. I think that the whitewater rafting was number one. Oh man, it is fun, isn't it? It was fun. I'd never done it before. I'd never done it before. And like I was telling Toby in the crossover, I was pretty sure I was going to die during the safety. Did they? Yes, they they make it very frightening. Did they tell you that you were like, like if you had been there two weeks sooner, it would have been really really crazy on the rapids. We we were told that this was the craziest. Okay, you're you're like peak rapid. We season. We were peak rapid season, and so that's whenever he's like, we got all this rain. It's a little bit crazy out there, but it'll be okay. So then I'm like, oh. <laughs> you going to fight or flight? Oh, I was, bro. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> the dude that sat in the front with me, the look on his face the whole time. They were from New Orleans. I don't think he spoke. I think he was pretty sure that it was going to be over. And I was trying to be like, all right, guys, let's go. Let's Let's go, team. Meanwhile, our guy's like, all right, so if you happen to end up face down in the water, here's what you want to do. And we're like, why are you telling us this? <laughs> it's, uh, it's always kind of interesting, isn't it? Your rafting guide's a special kind of personality. Yeah, it is. It is. But we had a blast. That's good. We had a blast. So I'm, I'm pumped to be back. I will not bore you with any stories of um, – terrible meals or incredible meals or anything of that nature you can listen to that on josh's and i podcast called stick to sports uh coming no west is best our afc west oh speaking of that one thing i did notice in colorado i wore my raiders gear a lot because i did only take two hoodies my vacations are usually uh warmer places i didn't realize i'd be wearing a damn hoodie the whole time and it was great so all i had was my raiders hoodie I guess people in Denver don't realize that they have never beaten the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, since the Raiders moved to Las Vegas, Denver has never beaten them. And we got the fantastic Russell Wilson hype video, right? It's like, oh, look at Russ. So he becomes the first best shape of his life story of this 2022 offseason, or 2023 offseason, which, of course, the king of that was Ezekiel Elliott last year, and we all saw what happened there. Yeah, show me, show me in games. Yeah. I want to watch it. That it matters. So, so what, what are you trying to say? That like folks were less than friendly to you? I think the best way to put it is there is an extreme amount of confidence in where Denver is currently as a franchise. <laughs> That's great. It is hilarious. I can only imagine what would have happened if I was strolling around in a Kansas City Chiefs hoodie. Oh, I'm guaranteed. I, I, well, you, I, I had a guy like MF me as the checkout guy at 7-Eleven. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I'm just – just hanging out with the family, man. I'm with the family. I know, I know I'm raidered out here, but it's all I got. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm totally in tank mode for this year. So congrats on finally beating the Las Vegas Raiders. But, yeah, they're very confident group right now, Josh. Very confident. Well, it's the offseason. So I have often been told in this business we call show, more specifically radio, that when you're off for a vacation, nobody cares to hear what you had to say about a story that happened a week ago. I shall now go about when we come back breaking said rule <laughs> because hopefully a couple of times there's, the there's, there, there's two major stories that I, I guess one of them wasn't necessarily 
broke. We we knew about the SEC schedule for a while, but now that I've got all of my non-sports stuff out of the way, now that we've talked about the vacation, now that we're back and happy and we're ready to go get cup of coffee number one, let me tell you what I learned about the Jordy Ball situation last week. It's next on The Ref. I mean, I'm so excited to come back to the show and literally one of the first tweets that dro- or text that drops in is the 405 is like, 17,000 feet is a lie. I mean, it was 14,000 something. I don't know. I just said 17,000 when I was talking about it. I don't know. That's really what you took away from that? What do we – I'm never opening the text Welcome line again. Welcome home. I'm never opening the text line again. Like, I came in here and my whole goal was like, guess how high I went elevation-wise. I'll show you people. And that's not all. And we went to the top of Pike's Peak. I don't know, 14, 15, 16, whatever it is. Dude, of all the things to pick on and set me off on the wrong path, why that? Why get blocked 20 minutes into me returning to this show? Happy uh, return Welcome to back, right? Jeez Louise, people. All right, um, a lot of things to get to today, but let's start with breaking what is supposed to be some cardinal sin of radio. Everyone has moved on. Everyone's moved past it. You don't need to give your take on it, probably. You might be right. I think it's a little bit different when you're the play-by-play broadcaster. So, just to kind of go full disclosure here on this. Buzz started to build the moment everyone got to Oklahoma City that Jordy Ball was planning on going back home to Nebraska after this season. And I don't. Again, I don't really care about the genesis of it and how it started. But it just it seems odd when I look back at it, the people who who knew or were kind of clued in. Because it wasn't really people that you regularly see around the sport, but it was high profile people. Like in other words, they wouldn't go talk or it wouldn't get leaked to the, the Justin McClouds or the, the Terry Henrys or anyone of that nature. It's the Holly Rose and the Michelle Smiths. Just it seemed odd. That, that, not, not trying to read anything into it, but just people that I know Jordy doesn't regularly talk to. So that, that, that kind of took me back, number one. Number two, I wasn't really buying a lot of it until – a few people more dialed in started asking me, hey, what are you hearing about this? I'm like, well, I'm hearing that we play Stanford this afternoon and that she's going to pitch and that Oklahoma's trying to win its third straight national championship. I mean, I'm not trying to be smart, Alec, but to me the most important thing is, is the game that's right here. That's, that's what is most important to me. All those things will sort themselves out in the offseason. Plus, I would have a really hard time thinking that you would leave when you have – Love's Field opening up. It's going to be the premier facility. And you're not losing – well, you're losing Grace Lyons, and that stinks. And Haley Lee and Alex Duraco were really good, and Grace Screen was a good, great, great part of that roster personality-wise and obviously had a great start to her career. But you still have T.R. Jennings, and you still have Jada Coleman, and you still have Alyssa Brito, and you still have Sanders and Hanson and all these stars. So I, I – I don't want to say I necessarily just ignored it, Josh. But when it first started popping to where it got on my radar was that moment whenever I'm like, well, that's interesting. That's interesting that that would come from this person. That's interesting that that would come 
from that person. And as soon as OU won the title, it blew up. From my understanding, Jordy let Coach know Friday after the Thursday celebration, pardon me, after the Thursday win of the championship and the celebration. That's when she officially let Coach and Coach Rocha know that she was not coming back. Friday, after the championship. And by the Saturday meeting, I'm sure that in today's modern social media era, the team was told by Coach immediately after the celebration on Saturday. Me after or before. I have a timeline in there somewhere. If I screwed it up, you guys can help me out. So this wasn't, despite all the rumors, Josh, it wasn't something that a lot of people within that locker room knew. Now, that's not to say anything about Jordy. Please take that. Don't take that from it. But it it wasn't something from my understanding that everyone was like, oh, I'm hearing this. Is, this might be possible. Not to say they were blindsided, but just when you hear those types of, hey, they're homesick, they want to go home, 9.9 out of 10 times when you're on a championship team, that homesickness you overcome. But that, whatever you want to use to describe it, that never really seemed to be the case with Jordy. And I, for one, am happy for him. And I, for one, am really proud of the reaction on, for most of you, and majority of you, all of you almost, on social media to this. To where you step back, you're like, yeah, you know, that sucks. Jordy's a major part of, of what Oklahoma softball was this year and obviously the year before. She was the freshman of the year. You know, there's no Cy Young Award, but I think, is it, is it D1 Softball or the NFCA that's starting to do a pitcher of the year? And she won that this year, and she was the World Series MVP. So she obviously is pretty freaking special. So losing her sucks. And I had someone that Friday morning, I'm sorry, that Monday morning, that was a, an OU fan that lives in another state that got wind of it. They're like, oh, no, I'm really worried about how this thing is going to play out on social media. So was I. To a certain extent. But then when I saw it, Josh, I was like, all right, good. Because I think at the core of it, two things. Number one, OU's going to be okay. OU's going to be okay. They've, you still got May. You still have a, a developing Kirsten Deal. I th- they're bringing in one of the top freshman pitchers in the country. Uh, SJ Guerin, now we'll see if, if SJ will have a role, right? She's got some work to do this offseason, and so does Kirsten Deal. I know there's not um, – why am I blanking on Stanford's pitcher right now? Um, Nigel Kennedy. I know Nigel Kennedy's not in the, in the portal, and everyone just assumes that she was going to come to OU, even though she was never in the portal. And I saw some people making edits of a – LSU pitcher coming to Oklahoma that's not even in the portal yet. It's like, so-and-so is coming here. It's like, well, I think you have to be in the portal in order to come here first. But I think we all step back from it and realize, at least I did, everything's going to be okay with Oklahoma because that's going to be a pretty potent lineup. And number two, you know, the, Vince, the Vince McMahon theory. You, you want your best to stay. You don't want Bret Hart taking the WWF championship to WCW. You want your best, but if you're going to go and you feel like you got a better offer, go. We'll celebrate you. That's fine. And so when Jordy Ball decided to leave, I think Oklahoma did everything it could to help her. She has really solid NIL footing here. I know I saw someone that had, had tweeted, you all need to follow the money with Jordy Ball. That's what this is about. 
I'm here to tell you, Jordy was doing really well in Isle Weiss here. That wasn't an issue with her. Now, if Nebraska put together a $200,000 package for her, that's, that's not a massive number increase from what she was allegedly doing here. It's an increase, but not some sort of, oh my gosh. This wasn't a money move. This was a, I think this was a family, a, a want-to move, and in the end, her choice. So, is there anything Oklahoma could have done to change this for Jordy Ball? I mean, unless you want to move the campus to Papillion, Nebraska, I don't, and, and make her family lifelong Oklahoma fans instead of lifelong Nebraska fans. I don't think there's anything more that Oklahoma could have done. So I don't, I don't know if any of that is any different than what y'all have talked about. And I know I saw a few people reached out and I guess, I guess there was some anger on certain forums and, and on a handful of callers. Did everyone? Did anyone get mad at Parker for his troll tweet, or did everyone just kind of accept it? Uh, what was it? It was the uh, being from Nebraska. I get it. Did that? Did that get much traction, or did Parker quickly take that down? Or <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I don't know. I never. <laughs> that was saw that, that was one of those when I saw it. I was like, I don't know if now's the right time to be throwing that out there. But again, I go back to everyone seemed to just kind of accept it. Hey, guess what? Nothing we can do. Go enjoy your family. Go enjoy Nebraska. Uh, you've seen the difference that she's made with the, the ticket request and the, I guess, just the overall season ticket interest at Nebraska. It's, it's really cool for Nebraska softball to see it. It just sucks that it comes at the expense of Oklahoma. And, yeah, I just brought up Oklahoma's going to be okay, but it, but it does hurt them. I sure mean, it if, does. If, if you come away from this and it's like, oh, yeah, move on. Was it, was it Red Dirt Sport that said – we got rid of the one loss. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was yeah. like, gosh, man, right. that's hilarious, but just terrible. And, but in all reality, everyone kind of accepted that it sucks. Happy for her. If she's happy, we're going to be okay. As long as Oklahoma has Patty Gasso and Jen Rocha, I think they're going to be fine on the pitching side. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they've shown they can score some runs too. So was there anything – that I missed that really kind of jolted you on this or anything that, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I think Jordy's going to be great. But holy smokes. They're putting a lot of pressure on that girl going back home already. That woman going back home. I mean, my, my goodness, there is already a lot that has been laid on her shoulders in a very short amount of time. And according to some, that's what she wants. According to some, that's part of why she wanted to go there was because you know, she wanted to put a team on her shoulder, not just a pitching staff, but like an entire team. And that's not going to happen at Oklahoma. Even though you could argue, we might not be, we're not celebrating back to back to back national champs without Jordy Ball, right? At least for this one. No, it, I mean, she was magical throughout this, this postseason run, giving up the one run and winning most outstanding players. She, she was terrific. And for me, playing, part of it is, unfortunately, when you're this good and you've won this much, it's the price of winning to some degree. I, I, I wondered a little bit. It's interesting you said that about Jordy Ball. That Definitely my mind went there a little bit for Jordy Ball. Was this about a new challenge to some right. degree? Sure. We heard the homesickness, 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 and, and certainly everybody gets that and wants what's best for Jordy. But 
is there a little bit of yeah, the opportunity to to be the the lead arm, the lead force in a number of different ways and to do it at home when you've won a national championship a couple of times here and been the best player outside of just historic dominance that the sport has never seen, you've kind of kind of done what you can do sure. in some ways at Oklahoma. It uh as the old saying goes, it is what it is. And in the end, you can't lock the door and not let them leave. I learned a great lesson on this, and we'll take a break. I know, I know, I know. You, you all have, have have talked this out. Thanks for allowing me like 15 minutes to go through it after missing all of last week. I didn't – I was going to call in on Tuesday. Then I was like, no, nah, let's just what, – what good are you going to do, right? Just let Josh work through it. Let Toby work through it. They, they've got this. Plus, I wasn't waking up until – Mountain Time really threw me off, dude. I'm not even kidding. It It's only one hour, but that one hour makes a whale of a difference because whenever you wake up at, like, say, 8 a.m., now that's 9 a.m. here. When I'm going to bed at, at 1 a.m., that's like 2 a.m. I mean, my whole clock was messed up by one freaking hour. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. Well, you would have been welcome, but uh, I wanted was, you to enjoy your vacation. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I enjoyed it until we got there. But the funny <laughs> thing is, the funny thing is, through all of it, through all of it, man, you have got to understand that everyone looks at things differently. And I'm not trying to go amateur psychologist like everyone on ESPN when it comes to Ja Morant. Let me tell you what Ja Morant needs. Joining us right now is Kendrick Perkins. Like, what? You know. <laughs> but long time ago, it shows you how long ago it was, uh, Mitch Mustaine. Have you ever heard of Mitch Mustaine, Josh? Yes, and I love when you, <laughs> I love when you share this story. Well, but it's, it's, it's the reality. Pop and I were doing a segment, and Mitch Mustaine left – Arkansas to go to USC and it came at a very weird time because Mitch Mustaine was in line to be the Arkansas starter he was was the guy he was the man he went his freshman season didn't have a great freshman season uh didn't play in 2007 and it it just to me after starting as a true freshman and then basically not playing in 2007, I thought to myself, all right, he's uh, he shouldn't want to leave because he's going to be the star. Yeah, I mean, and this why makes would you no leave, sense. Why would you leave a situation where it's tailor-made, you're the guy? But, and by the way, there was that point where Mitch Mustaine was like a University of Tulsa transfer for like 12 seconds. <laughs> that was, I think, back in – I, I think back in that time, too, that might have been one of the happiest days of my life. Like, what? He's coming to Tulsa? <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. But after he did that, it's, it basically changed his mind and ended up staying with Arkansas. And There was a big fight about it and, and, and whether or not he was going to come back. And he ended up coming back. And then they fought over him transferring to USC. And finally, in 2007, he transferred to USC. So 2006, stars at Arkansas. 2007 is going to transfer to Tulsa, but ends up leaving to go to USC because uh, basically there was, a, there was a fight about Mustaine going to play for Gus Malzahn, who had taken over as the OC, and they end up getting him to, I think it was Southern California, USC. All that is irrelevant. I just remember being so hot about it. I'm like, how dare this kid? How dare him decide that in a year 
when he was going to be the guy that he would leave and go to Southern California um, because now that it wasn't at Tulsa, I could be mad. What are you even thinking? And then it, it Pop said something that's just stayed with me to this day. He's like, because he wanted to go. I was like, but no, it can't be that simple. There's got to be more to it. What is going now? And there was more to the Mitch Mustang thing. But he was going to be the guy. He was going to be it. You know, let's, let's put this to present day. Jordy Ball in 2025 will be the biggest star in the newest stadium on the biggest stage in the best conference in college softball for the University of Oklahoma. The best team in the sport. Period. So if she was ever in the, boy, I, I just wanted to put a team on my shoulder. Guess what? It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. And I could see how many would be like, you just won back-to-back titles. You got a great team coming back. In 2025, all these great players graduate. You're going to be – what? Tons of reasons to right. stay. What? Why? And much like Pop told me with a Mustang, much like we've had to deal with on so many other players, they wanted to go. They wanted to go. Mind was made up. Mind was made up. So I was happy that Jordy – got to do what she wanted to do. This sport, this softball, the sport of softball has been a wild transfer sport well before the portal. There was immediate eligibility for years. Now it's just a little bit more covered. I'm happy she's happy. It hurts Oklahoma, but Oklahoma's going to be fine. All those things can be true. You can be happy for Jordy. You can be upset that she's gone. You can be excited about the future. All three of those things can be gone without making fools of yourself on social media, which we didn't do this week, and I was grateful for it. You know what else I was grateful for, Josh? Something happened that I've been begging to have happen for years. Begging to have happen for years. And it finally happened. And we'll talk about it next on The Ref. 943. I can tell you what time it is because the largest clock in the history of ever now sits in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Time and temperature. <laughs> it is 74.8 degrees Fahrenheit outside right now, or at least in here. In here. It's <laughs> yeah, not, I think that's got to yeah, be the studio. That's got to be fixed because it is not 74 degrees <laughs> outside. Hey, I wanted to take a moment real quick. Uh, man, 918, we're thinking of you. What a, what a terrible storm that rolled through on Saturday. I was up. I was doing a show. And just watching it play out, seeing the the reports of not just the straight line wins, but the devastation, it's sad. And then the craziness. I told you guys a couple weeks ago. I went to Shawnee, and it was it was still a mess. And that was a full on tornado, and that was a good month. Tulsa. Now what we've we've heard now is there was a couple different tornadoes based on wind speeds and things of that nature. But I know for a majority T-Town, the 918 right now, it's a, it's a mess. So be safe, fam. Hopefully we can provide a bit of a distraction. And if there are any, any help that we can possibly promote and do our part to publicize, please hit us up. Uh, Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000. Or off the – do we still have Knippelmeyer Chevrolet? We do. Okay. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. All right. Let me – let me make one correction because someone had asked about the incoming freshman. Jim did. I got a year ahead of myself. Oakland now. Emma Parker can pitch, 
but I don't think she's coming here to pitch. Doesn't arrive Doesn't, with that expectation. I don't. I don't think that that she or Ella Parker, excuse me. I don't think she arrives with the expectation of being someone that we're going to watch in the circle too terribly much. Because when you hit six fifty one and have you know thirty plus RBI in your final season, I think we're bringing you here to mash. But it is looking ahead to twenty twenty four when Audrey Lowry is committed to Oklahoma. That's that's who I was thinking. Who of. is an elite pitching prospect number two prospect in the country for 2024 overall so with that being said text line 405-651-3439 somebody asked what do you think is Oklahoma going to try to bring in a pitcher yes maybe two. Ooh, two. let's just maybe three maybe four transfer portal what uh what intel do you have? What, what, what are you expecting? I think they're getting the girl from Indiana. So, Taryn Kern. I think they're getting Kern from what I've been able to deduce. Deduce. Uh, but I don't, uh, don't – don't go putting that on any message boards or Facebook groups, please. I, it's gone. It's, it's, it, is it already out yeah, there? Yeah, as soon as you said it's that. It's toothpaste out of the tube God, already. No but I think Kern is – she's, she's lined up to come here, I think. I, I'd feel pretty confident about that. Pitching-wise, I just – I don't know, and I think we still have the portal open until the – is it – it was 11 days that were left on Friday. So, that there's still a couple days left. Eight, seven. Yeah, but I don't, I don't really know of anyone that I look at in the portal as of June 19th, 2023, and say, go get her, go get her. I just – Unless there's a surprise Which entrance. there could be. And, and to be honest – there might be a few pitchers that are happy in their situation, but they see that opening in Norman, and suddenly they're like, All right, I'll take my chances here. Well, that was my charge was, look, it's uh, it's like any great occupation or company, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, hey, maybe you're looking for a different opportunity or challenge, but somebody else is looking for that job. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because it's a great job and a great opportunity to be on this staff in Norman. Yeah. You get, to, you get to learn from Jen Rocha. You get to play for Patty Gasso. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think that it's a, it's a win-win if you want that opportunity. But, yeah, I don't, I, don't really, I don't really know of any pitcher in the portal that I look at right now and think, let's freaking go. There's not an Alex Tarocco. There's not a Hope Troutwine in the portal right That we know of yet. That yeah. we know of yet. Right, right. And there is um, a couple of different Twitter feeds that are really good follows if you want. I, and I only know this because they've been popping up all over my timeline over the last few days. But it is, it is really, um, really going to be, I think, a challenge to bring in someone to help fill that void. Because A, you're not going to replace Jordy Ball. And B, kind of – You've built your roster around the understanding that she's going to be here until 2025. So it it kind of sucks. Yeah, it handcuffs you in that way. Again, again, happy for her. I'm not trying to be a jerk about anything. I'm just saying there's there's a reality to this. And it's, you know, Oklahoma had planned for her to be here for a long time. Well, they didn't take a pitcher in this class. No, exactly. Exactly. Again, Parker could pitch, but oh, that's not why she's coming here. Let me ask you this. Go ahead. So, if we're under the hypothetical that Kern winds up in Norman. Hypothetical. Hypothetical right now, people. What do you – how do you see the infield shaking out? Left to right. Or, or right to left, I guess. I think 
I think Kern's got a lot of defensive work to do before she gets here. <laughs> she made a lot of errors last year. So do you think TRA short? My I know that people get mad about this because I think Brito stays at third and TRA moves to short. I, that's just and I remember thinking that Kaylee Clifton was going to move to short and then Grace Lyons came in out of nowhere. I don't know if there is a Grace Lyons in this class that's coming into Oklahoma defensively. But if I were speculating right right now, I would say Sidney Sanders is your starting first baseman. Kinsey Hansen's your starting catcher. Alyssa Brito is your starting third baseman. T.R.A. Jennings is your starting shortstop. And then you have yourself a good, good old-fashioned battle at second. And it can involve a lot of people. Quincy Lilio can have a chance. I don't know if Coach is listening to this and laughing when I say these names, but Quincy Lilio could have a chance. Avery Hodge could have a chance. You, if you get Kern out of the portal, she could have a chance there at mm. second. Probably should be considered if you go in the portal to get her, the leader for that position. You know, Lena Torres is coming back, and she's an infielder by trade. Maybe it's a situation where she works at second base. And somebody a bit. ends up in the outfield. Right, right. I mean, right field, I don't think. I don't think a traditional outfielder started in right field for the Sooners all season long. I think that you had maybe two games when Riley Boone played out there. But for the most part, Josh, that right field spot was by committee. Now, next year is going to be fascinating to see that battle out there. But to me right now, I think, I think you've got two big battles going on at OU, and now you add a third. You know, who's going to be your second baseman if, if Jennings does indeed move to short? Who's going to be your everyday right fielder, or is it going to be rotational? And, you know, is, is Nicole May and Kirsten Deal the one-two combination that can get you to the promised land? And if not, who is it that's coming in out of the portal to help make that more of a reality? Does SJ Guerin take that step this offseason that she needs to take? There's a lot of questions. But I have faith they'll get it figured out. Oh, yeah, Bobby and B.A. asked ask a great point, backup catcher. Well, Jocelyn Erickson is a catcher. I was just about to ask you about Jocelyn. Yeah, I mean, just let, let's not forget that. They went from having four catchers on the roster to still having two. So Erickson can catch. She's a left-handed catcher. She's really good. So I wouldn't get it. I saw the panic when Nugent put her name in the portal. Nugent's name in the portal was just, I mean, that's pure numbers, right? She got stuck with Hanson having the extra year of COVID because if she wasn't, Sydney – Line Sophia Nugent would have gone into next year as a starting catcher. Yeah. So it that's just a pure numbers thing. And I'm sorry, I like Sophia Nugent. I take Kinsey Hansen, a year of Kinsey Hansen, and be fine with it. And figure it out. And figure it out. Right. So I think it's going to be a real interesting couple of weeks. Yeah, but, I mean, Hansen's a star, so you want that back. Sure. But I do, I do love all of this that is popping up on the Knippenmeyer Chevrolet text line, because there's a lot of questions. So I broke a radio rule, a sports radio rule today, and you guys have made me feel good about it. Quick break. We're back with your texts next on The Ref. By the way, uh, a couple of notes. We did have the Champion Barbecue this weekend, so a lot of recruiting tidbits to get to coming up later in the program, and obviously Parker Thune is going to be all over it coming up at noon. Is everyone okay? I know that we haven't had like a massive amount of commitments, and that usually leads to like freak out central, but I mean, well, it's kind of the same as last year, right? It is. And I think if we've got the numbers right, seven, seven or eight out of last year's Champion Barbecue wound up being commits and then signees. So 
you got three recruiting predictions in. So, I mean, the progress was made. And exactly. probably, you know, more than that on the way. We just don't know those names yet. <laughs> That's right. We'll get to know those names. But I, I understand the thirst for recruiting info, and I completely get it. But I, I think we've all learned how this process works, right? Oklahoma's not going to be someone that is demanding that you commit like other places are. They want you to take your time and – when you do commit, you're committed, and that's it. I'd much rather have that philosophy than have a class committed where I'm waiting on signing day and I don't know if half these guys are going to end up coming or not. Well, and all of a sudden, final two months or something, it, it collapses on you. I mean, I get it. USC had a big get over the weekend. But every time USC gets a commit, that doesn't mean that everyone has to freak out. You know, I didn't get a chance to talk about the thing that made my weekend. Uh, but we'll do it next hour. Because I saw – we're getting there. I saw a bad take, and I'm like, gosh, when this guy throws out his bad takes, I wish people would stop replying. Oh, I, I know exactly yeah. where you're going. And it kind of did. I was like, all right, there we go. There we go. Quick break. Oh, lines are jammed up. Get in here. 405-329-9000. It's the Plank Show.